If you will, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. As you find your way there, we're going to be talking, as we've been talking about discipleship for the last several weeks and different elements of discipleship, we've been talking about fellowship. And fellowship's more than just eating a potluck dinner, but it's actually fellowshipping around the presence of God. And in doing that, I want to finish that today and talk about how we really enjoy the fullness of fellowship as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to use an illustration the Apostle Paul used 15 times when he talks about the church being the body of Christ. What does that mean? How does that work? Which, if you would, let's begin reading in um, verse 11. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, you got to know he personally gave, meaning he picked out and ordained those who would serve at his churches, all right? Now, you ready for this? For the training of the saints in the work of ministry. Everyone's a minister. Everyone's geared and designed and wired to serve the Lord, to build up the body of Christ. That's why we serve one another. That's why we reach out beyond our four walls, that we may build up the body of Christ spiritually and size-wise. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a statue measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human cunning and cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Body life. Body life's important. It's important because we want to have a good, fulfilling body life. We go to the doctor to make sure we're healthy. When he gives us medication, we take medication to restore our health or to sustain our health. We go to the gym to work out and strengthen our muscles and, and our bones. And, and we take vitamin supplements to, 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 to shore up our, our body needs of nutrients and, and, and vitamins. And so we're constantly aware that we want a good body life. As a matter of fact, it's a multi-million dollar enterprise. Everybody wants to have good body life. Guess what? God wants his church to have good body life. And as we look at this, we understand what's being said here, that followers of Christ are more than a crowd that gathers on Sunday morning. We're a body of believers uh, brought into a living union with God and fellowship with each other that we are a living organism joined together to exalt our Savior and expand his kingdom. That's the body life. That's who we are. Now, how does that work? I want to share three things with you. Number one, body life has develop, development in spirit and in size. We are to be developing in spirit and size, meaning we're to grow, to mature spiritually, to enlarge numerically, if you will. And so as we look at this, how does that work? In verse 13, he says, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing Growing into a mature man with a statue measured by Christ's fullness. That's spiritual growth, okay? And as we grow spiritually, we'll also grow numerically. 
Uh, it's the goal of every follower of Christ to grow in grace and knowledge. We're not supposed to stay the same. Guys, nothing really stays the same. You remember when the first microwave oven came out? thing was this big. It's big. Big microwave oven. It had a dial that gave you the time and a button that said off and on. Have you seen the, what they do now? They've upgraded these things. Man, they're like this. They got bungee push for popcorn, for frozen food, uh, for meat. Man, it's amazing what they can do. TVs have certainly upgraded, haven't they? They're talking about four-color TVs now for, and, and three-dimensional TVs. And nobody's complaining because we understand that's growth and in, in, in development in our technological age. But in the church, we also are to grow. We're not supposed to stay the same. We're supposed to be growing more in grace of God and knowledge of God that we impart to others the, the, the principles of true life and eternity. So in doing that, we grow, first of all, in spirit through our personal attachment and devotion in our relationship to Jesus. As we are attached to Jesus Christ by a personal relationship, okay? We enter that personal relationship by grace through faith. We're attached to him. We become one with him, and therefore, we become one with each other. And in that process, we, um, we understand that, that we are now living out, growing in grace. We're, our, our prayer life should be growing. We should learn how to pray more effectively, more passionately. Our Bible study should be growing because this is a book. It's not just a book of words. It is the book of life. Out of this comes the very issues of life. Out of this comes uh, the, the very resource for hope and help in a time of trouble. This is where we learn God from this book. He tells us of his heart and his mind and his desires and his power. And this is what we learn from this. We learn about God. So we need to grow in Bible study, certainly, and learn how to walk. We provide provide Sunday school Bible study where you can come in small groups. We provide Bible studies throughout the week for women and and the monthly Bible studies and things like that. We offer Bible studies for our youth on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Our Bible study for our children on, on, on Wednesday night. We are convinced we all need to grow in grace and knowledge of God's Word because that's how we know who He is. He's told us all about him in his book. And so we, we want to grow in that grace and knowledge. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, connecting in his body called the church. You see, when we attach to Christ, when we, get, we become followers of Christ, when we're saved from our sin, we are attached to his body. And then comes the, the privilege of joining a local church where you attach to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we begin to grow spiritually encouraging one another, praying for one another, loving one another. And also as we do that, we grow in size because everybody wants to be a part of something like that. Everybody enjoys healthy body life. When a church is healthy, the church grows. It's just that simple. So as we look at this, we understand how this works. Not only that do we grow in spirit, but we also grow in size through our public attachment and dedication in responsibility to each other in the body of Christ. We meet emotional needs. You know, the Apostle Paul, as he talked about uh, his journey in faith, he told the Corinthians, man, I was so overwhelmed and hurt. I was hurt. My feelings got hurt. And I'm looking for someone to encourage me and to come along and bring emotional support to me. We all need that from time to time because I don't care who we are. Somebody hurts our feelings. That's just life. 
Maybe they mean to, maybe they don't. But the bottom line is it happens. And so the body of Christ says, we want to help one another. We know you've been hurt, but we're ready to help you. Let's grow, let's grow through this. Not only did he need, need that, that uh, comfort when he was hurt, but he needed companionship and comfort when he was winding down his days. He writes to Timothy in Second Timothy, come to me, bring my coat, and bring John Mark, will you? You know what he was saying, guys? I need some companionship. My days are winding down. I'm, I'm going to leave this earth, but I want to see some friends. Guys, the, the body life of the church is designed to offer comfort and companionship to one another. We're a spiritual family. Snelly Melton's going to be with the Lord. They'll receive friends from 4 to 6. The service will be here tomorrow at 2. And, and it'll be a time of comfort and companionship for the family. We went to Nashville this week because we're family. We went and attended and supported Kevin and Christy, the loss of his dad. This is comfort and companionship. The body life of the church. This is what we're supposed to look like. And the world's supposed to see this in us. We do this. And, and Paul said, I need encouragement. And you sit Titus to me to encourage me. You see, that's what it means to develop in spirit and size. If we grow in spirit, we grow in size. I'm concerned sometimes the church is so busy that we quit growing in spirit. We don't have time for prayers we should. We don't have time for Bible studies we need. And, and we find ourselves running on empty and not able to really love one another and care for one another. And we miss the whole purpose of body life. It's not about showing up on Sunday morning, although I'm glad you do. I like seeing you on Sunday morning. But it's about showing up for one another all during the week. Sam Donaldson, uh, ABC correspondent, was interviewing a young African-American soldier right before the battle in Desert Storm. He asked him, how do you think the battle's going to go? And are you afraid? Those are two pretty strong questions. This young man looked at him and he said, well, I think we'll do okay. We've been prepared. We're well trained. Uh, we, we, we have certainly thought and prepared ourselves mentally, physically for this. And I'm not afraid. This soldier turned around and gestured to those that had gathered around to watch the interview with Sam Donaldson. He said, I'm not afraid. Look at my buddies. We're family. I'm not afraid. And those that were gathering around watching and being a part of the process shouted, tell him again. He didn't really hear you. And he said to Sam Donaldson, this is my family. And we take care of each other. Guys, the church of Jesus Christ, his body, should take care of one another. I know we are busy I know sometimes we're all struggling about something in our life. And none of us are probably without some kind of problem. That's why we need good body life. That's why we should be the church God has called us to be. To have spirit and size. Well, guys, we're, we're trying to raise money and, 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 and 
remodel a, uh, our educational building where it houses our children and preschool and nursery. Guys, it's not about just remodeling the building, although we need new paint, new floor covering all that stuff. It's not about just remodeling a building. We want to fill the building with people that need to hear about Jesus and people that need to have hope and love in their lives. Everyone has a sphere of influence. Everyone in this room has a sphere of influence. And somehow you need to be using that to compel people to come and attach themselves, first of all, to Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord. But secondly, attach themselves to a church. Do you realize if we all begin to honestly pray about our sphere of influence and begin to live out our body life and be inviting others to come and join what God's doing here, you would not have an empty seat in this service or the 830 service. Now, I know we're, we, we pack out 11 pretty good. Now, I'm excited about that. So I, I think it'd be great if we had to add a third service because we were just doing such a great job of inviting people to come because the body life was that important and significant to those who were watching. Well, there's something else. As I look at that, the second thing I see is that body life has direction from the Savior. It says here that he's the head. Here's one thing we know about the body. The brain makes everything work in our body. The brain sends signals through the nervous system and everything begins to work. The, the circulatory system, the, the muscular structure and the reflexes, all that we have, our brain says, let's get it. Here's what you do. Here's how you do it. When I step to the edge of a curb and I look down North Broad and sure enough, there's a, there's a car coming, my eye, that has been told by my brain to focus, focuses on that vehicle coming. And, I, and then all of a sudden, the brain tells every part of my body to not step out into the street. And I don't move. Because the head has said, don't move. Your life will be in danger if you step out in front of that car. And so the brain sends signals and direction. Paul said, Christ is our head. He sends signals and direction for us every day of our life. We have instruction from his word. I've talked about that. We discover his heart and his mind in the Bible we study and, and how we search the scriptures for truth and answers and comfort. We find that in him. And from that, he gives direction. Guys, every major move I've made in my life has been based on the Word of God. Every church I've gone to has been based on the Word of God. When I went to ministry, it was based on the Word of God. He gave me direction. That's why I don't have to have regret and second-guess myself because I've, I've followed the head. That's how we do body life in church. We follow Christ. Secondly is the influence of the Holy Spirit. We see this. And in, 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 uh, we're to grow in, in maturity and in and, and the fullness of Christ. And we do that by being influenced by the Holy Spirit. When you're attached to Christ in forgiveness of sins and become a new, crea- new creation, you then, um, you then have, have the opportunity to attach to believers and become involved. Uh, imperfect as we are, and we are, we're still God's preferred process of spiritual growth. The body of Christ. And so he says, be a part of it. 
Uh, there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't be saying, well, I, you know, that person's not perfect. Can I tell you, nobody's perfect in this congregation. Let me help you out. None of us get it right all the time. But we're learning to grow and be more like Christ and to be in his fullness. And that's the body life that he desires for us to have in fellowship. That's what makes our fellowship rich. It's a commonality of purpose when we're influenced by the Holy Spirit. And we all move in the same way. Direction is not decided by current culture, fads or trends, programs or personalities, but by the Spirit of God. And there's no significant conquest when the church is in conflict of direction. And I'm concerned many times in churches across America, there's way too much conflict in direction. God's not honored in that. Can't have body life that's effective and fulfilling and fruitful if you're not all going the same way. Does that mean you always agree? No. There's a lot of different ideas and opinions, and sometimes it's a good time, bad time for them. But what you want to know is the Holy Spirit says you've got to be marching forward for the kingdom of God and expanding the kingdom, exalting the Savior. And as long as you're doing that and how you behave and what you say, what you do, you're moving together in what we would call unity. That's how it works. If I am wanting to move forward, I place one foot forward. If the other foot keeps wanting to go back, we're not going to go anywhere. doesn't matter how much I push this one out. If this one goes the other way, I'm not really going anywhere. So I can, I can move but stay in the same place. Well, I'm going to go this way, but then this foot's going to go this way. Unity says we're all going to go the same way. Now, a lot may grow and develop and change as we grow the same way, but we all go the same way under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, under the head of Christ. That's body life. If we do it any other way, it's just an organization like everything else. And it doesn't work for kingdom purpose. It has direction from the Savior. The the last thing I want to share with you is body life has diversity of service. And you get to the end, he says, not only do we have this this, uh, development that needs to be taken, we need to be growing. We need to be attached. We need to be involved, engaged in body life with one another. And then we have direction of the Savior, how we go as a body. And then we have this diversity to serve. Look what he says. And from him, verse 16, who... From him, the whole body, fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. I hurt my knee some time ago. And, and I went to the doctor, and I said, well, my knee hurts. And, and, he, and he looked, and, and of course, he, he said, well, it's obvious. I mean, you got... You have, all your big muscles are good, man. You know, you're, 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 everything's strong back there, man. You got good muscles, you got good calf, everything's good. He said, the problem is your small muscles. And that's what's, that's what's bothering you a little bit. They're not strong enough to do what they need to do. You've not worked your small muscles. You've worked your big muscles, but not your small muscles. And that's when I learned that every muscle is important, not just the big ones, the obvious But the ones you never think about are just as important because those small muscles are what stabilize the knee. And so while the big ones may get you going for a while, eventually, as you get tired, the small muscles become very significant. And if they have not been developed, you're going to injure yourself. Here's what we know. We're diverse 
Every part's important and every part is significant. Every part is necessary to be all we're supposed to be for Christ. There are distinctive differences. The church is the place where people of different races, different personalities, different levels of faith, different types of spiritual gifts can function together exalting God and expanding the kingdom. This is what we do. We come together. And we are not all the same. And it is tragic how much energy we waste trying to make people the same. We're not supposed to be the same. Have you ever looked at the disciples who were handpicked by Christ? None of them were the same. Talk about diametrically opposite. You've got that fisherman Peter and that scholar Paul. Worlds apart in culture. Peter was classified as ignorant. Paul was classified as brilliant. But they were all going the same way. They said, man, we got to talk about Jesus. we got to lift him up. He's got to be heard. He's the only one that can change your life. And they all went the same way. And sometimes they had their differences. But they all were marching the same way. That's church. That's body life. Our differences should never get in the way of our direction. Ever. We're distinctive. There's a dynamic difference. The Holy Spirit uses us according to our levels of faith, our spiritual gifts, our spiritual maturity. And we have this dynamic work in our lives. And, and we work in our unity and not in our uniformity. We, we are distinctively different, dynamically different. And therefore, we operate together, but also uniquely in who we are. If we were all the same, folks, some of us wouldn't be necessary. I mean, really, let's think about it. If we were all the same, let's say the eye was the big deal for the body. And every, all of a sudden, everything was an eye. There was just this big, huge, huge eye. We would not call that a body. We would call that a monstrosity. That would be, that would be wrong. That would be weird. That would be strange. So everybody doesn't need to be an eye. Or a foot. Or a mouth or an ear. Diversity without unity is confusion. And unity without diversity is simply boring sameness. Everyone attaches to the body of Christ to contribute spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, physically, and financially. That's what we do. That's how we do. Now, let me give you an illustration. Because this, this is just great. This was just perfect timing. On October the 23rd, we're going to have a work day at Tony Hyder's house. Tony's gone through a series of serious surgeries, almost died. Very serious, man. Church pulled together and prayed for him and loved. Man, we lifted him up as all, so many of you did. And we watched God just preserve that man's life. Man, he, he got to go see his son graduate from the academy. He got to see his daughter. The guy, God just did an amazing thing. Now he's home. He, he's, he can't do anything. There's stuff that needs to be done around his house. There's grass that needs to be cut. There's weed eating that needs to be done. There's cutting trees, firewood, and just general things. And we need 20 men to show up on Saturday, October the 23rd and go over there and have a work day because he's a part of our body. That's why we're going to do it. 
Uh, we go because we love him and we say, man, he has a need we need to meet. So we come together and we say, we're going to go over and help. Now you say, well, I don't do that. Well, listen, I understand because they don't let me touch anything that has blades to it. Uh, oh, pastor, no, you can't do that. No, you'll cut your arm off. No. Uh, but I, I can hand out water. I can go around and carry stuff. You see, there's something we can do. And, and then, hey, some of you ladies may want to get together and do lunch. Say, we're going to fix lunch for you guys. Uh, uh, somehow, this is how we do body life. When one part hurts, we all somehow figure out how to minister that part. And, and across the board in our Sunday school classes, in our congregation, there's people that hurt all the time. And we need to do, rediscover the, the beauty of body life as Christ designed it. Meeting one another. Being there for one another. We are not saved to sit, soak, and sour. Taking but not giving kills fellowship. An orchestra will have different instruments playing different parts, but they're all playing the same song. That's important. If they played a different song, we'd go, what is that mess they're doing? That sounds awful. But when they play with each instrument, joining in with their parts in one song, we go, wow, was that not beautiful? That's how the body of Christ and body life functions when we're doing it right. Sometimes we do it wrong. And it hurts the kingdom. But I hope you'll Realize how important it is to do it right. In 1991 and 1992, Florida State was chasing the dream of a national championship. Bobby Bowden, that great coach, was trying to lead his team, and the only team standing in their way were the Miami Hurricanes. 1991, they played them came down to a field goal, and the, the kicker for FSU missed, and they lost. 1992, came down to a field goal. The kicker missed for FSU, and they lost. Finishing short of the national championship. That's kind of tough to swallow. Well, 2000 came around, and there it is again, FSU and the Miami Hurricanes playing for the national championship. They had a, a walk-on freshman kicker, Matt Munyon, and he had already missed one field goal in the game. They were down playing. They were down 17 to nothing. They had come back, and it was, the score was 27 to 24, Miami. Seconds were ticking, and they were going to bring in Matt Munyon to kick the field goal to tie the game and go into overtime. Momentum seemed to be on their side, and it, it just was theirs to, to, to stay in the game. And yet, he had missed a few field goals throughout the year. A senior, Keith Cottrell, was the punter and the, and the holder, and, and they, he, he got the snap, had the ball in place. The kick was solid. Everybody thought it had to be good. And it began just to swerve outside the uprights and barely missed. And another championship gone. Needless to say, the disappointment was very real. But the Miami Herald printed this. 
teammates stick by Munyon. Keith Cottrell was a Christian. And was asked and interviewed about what he thought about the kicker. He said, that kicker is my brother in Christ. I'm going to stand by him through the good times and the bad. He said, it's sad. A lot of our guys cuss him all the time. They make fun of him. And they ridicule him. And they criticize him. He said, I'll even cuss him while he's going on the field. He said, but he's my brother in Christ. And he's my teammate. I'm going to stand with him. Good or bad, I'm going to stand with him. The Bible says our body life makes us family. And we are not to complain about one another and criticize one another. We are to compliment one another and come together in companionship with one another and march the same direction. Here I'm about to say, when you complain about one of your brothers and sisters, you have just hurt your body life. I don't care how right you think you are or what you think you'd accomplish or how many people would agree with you. That matters little to the kingdom of God. It simply damages your body life. We are told to respond to each other's brothers and sisters. And guys, I, listen, I've been around church all my life. I know. Sometimes we have shown a real poor witness to the world. We really have. But I want to tell you that genuine fellowship is found in body life, that we love one another, that we grow in our love toward one another, that we become affectionate toward one another and care for one another. In a world that has probably got us running too fast and too hard and we're too busy and too preoccupied and too overwhelmed, we need to stop and realize we have a part of body life called the church that we're be, to be attached to and engaged in that we may grow up spiritually and numerically to make a difference.